Welcome back, everybody, to Three-Footed Tackle, where it is great to be an American soccer podcast. The U.S. has dominated Trinidad and Tobago. Healthy helping of revenge served up in the form of a six-goal beatdown. It's everything American soccer fans wanted since we failed to qualify for the World Cup. Maybe it didn't heal those wounds, but it sure did feel nice, and we're going to talk about that, among other things, including the return of MLS. It is three-footed tackle. Let's go. And we are pleased to be joined by a brand new voice on the Three Foot Attacker podcast. It's my guy Cliff Chartrand, who's been a soccer player his whole life, a U.S. men's national team fan even longer than that. Cliff, how's it going? Since before I came out of the womb, apparently, we've been following U.S. soccer. It's all good this week, and what a difference a week makes after uh, things were seemingly dead in the water a ago. Yeah, after the uh, slow start against Guyana and Mexico looking so good, it, it people were asking a lot of questions about the U.S. in uh, the Gold Cup. But, yeah, let's get right into it because things changed dramatically with the gigantic six-goal explosion against Trinidad and Tobago. Three goals for each nation that we had to play against, right? A, a butt kicking for, for whichever place you want to go on vacation the next time you're trying to book one down in the Caribbean. Right, yeah, I think even Turks and Caicos were feeling the pain of, you know, of that beatdown. But yeah, it was great. It was awesome to see Pulisic was able to play the full game, put on a master class. You know, Tyler Boyd was a, somewhat effective when he was in there, but he subbed out a little early and Jordan Morris got right into the action, got going. And I think we kind of wore TNT down. Like, at a certain point, they just, like, kind of quit playing. You know, it was it was a beatdown, but... For, we still were pretty dominant, even in you know throughout most of the early stages. It was just all around thorough performance. It was great to see. It was a great one to see, no doubt. Um, Pulisic out there, finally, kind of the first time we've seen him be, be able to dominate a game like that with his health kind of being out from keeping him out of the mix. Some um, Boyd has really been the, the surprise of the tournament for me. I didn't know what to expect too much coming out of him when they announced he was switching over. He's kind of been a welcome surprise and. And certainly gets the ball and, and wants to attack with it, which is, other than Christian, we didn't really have much of that in the mix, it didn't seem like. Yeah, I think Jordan Morris is a, is a player that's like that. I mean, he may not be quite as, as talented and able should, to pull it off, but yeah. Another but. another good one to see get in and get the minutes, because he was, once he came in, very effective and, and was was keen to get involved from the from his first touch, really. He was down the flank, I think, earning a corner mate, or on, that, on his first touch coming off the bench. Yeah, and then, of course, you got to talk about Jayasi, you know, with the two goals. The first one was kind of, you know, just right place, right time. Although you got to, it is, you, you do have to get there, as they say all the time on FIFA. Second goal was pretty nice. I mean, a, a really classy finish, you know, from nice decent distance. Nice strike. Great strike on the second one. Like you said, TNT had kind of seemed like the wheels had come off at that point. And that's a lot of space in the penalty area, but bent, bent right into that back post. Like, like you want to see a striker do if he's given that, and that's... Kind of something that you've that you've seen he's already struggle with at times. So definitely good right. to see. And then we did get to see a, li- a bit of Josie get out there and, and hopefully get his fitness back to be in the mix as we get into the knockout stages. Yeah, that was kind of like I expected Josie to start last night. And I kind of thought like if he was healthy, he would start. But then he didn't. But then he did come in as a sub. So do you think he's lost? The, I mean, is it Jossie's job as the number one leader line there? I, it's It seems... It seems like Ber- we know Berhalter and, and Zardes had the connection from, from previous time in Columbus. Um, I, think, I think it would still be 
Josie's job. Um, but it, it's hard to you can't take Zardy's out coming off Zardy's out coming off of two goals. So it, for at least another game, I think I think you see Zardy's back out there for sure. For sure. Right, he's competing for the Golden Boot at the Gold Cup at this point, right? With three overall. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, who else? Who was most impressive to you? Aaron Long obviously had the two goals, both kind of a little bit fluky. We know whenever a center back scores, but he, you know, again, right place, right time, and he was he was really getting after it. So I, it was cool to see. You know, it it was nice to see. Yeah, some of we kind of went a little bit more direct and didn't really, you know. At a certain point, it was just started, you know, the the floodgates were open and it was attack, attack, attack. But I don't know. I like to see guys that are in are there for, you know, they want to get into it and get after it. And when there is an opponent that they can crush, that they go out in there and crush them. I, I thought it was cool. But who, well, who did you like? Who impressed you the most, I guess, besides the, the guy for me? And it, and it might be the obvious answer because of because of the where he plays. But but McKinney just brings something different in the midfield for for the attitude wise that we that we haven't necessarily had since since kind of Jermaine Jones came out of the picture, maybe would, would have been the, would have been the guy um, in there alongside, alongside Bradley, whether that's uh, where we should be looking long-term obvious, obviously at a certain point, he'll have to have a different partner in there. Um, but he, he just adds a little bit, something different. I was a little surprised that uh, the first yellow card came out as late as it did on him. He's been kind of chippy since the start of the tournament. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's what I would see say. That he only like- has, it's good that he only has one through two games because he could easily have have two and be looking at a suspension, and he will have to have that in check as we go forward. Yeah, he's been really active, and I get you know that you heard the announcers say I, I kind of agree with them that like he's making plays that he gets away with and don't get called fouls in the Bundesliga, but they sure. are getting called foul in this tournament. But it's like, dude, you got to adjust. At a certain point, you just have to know what the refs are calling, right? Sure, absolutely, no doubt. But I do like his game. I like his attitude. There's sort of a new verve about the U.S. team with. Pulisic leading the show, Boyd out there, just kind of a, a good, confident guy. You know, he just like look, he's confident, he's calm on the ball. Uh, Jayasi scoring goals. Nick Lima, I think, brings a good attitude to the team. So the team just has a real nice attitude as they go forward in this tournament. Uh, what, what do you like of the mentality? You mentioned Lima specifically, and he's a guy that you can see growing through the tournament, and a guy that wasn't necessarily supposed to be in that spot, and has co- and has come in and done a, a really solid job out there. Now, granted. Not the not the highest competition he's going to face, so it'll be interesting to see going forward. This Panama game will be a little step up in the quality of competition. Right, and if you look, you know, the big rival that they're looking to deeper into the tournament is Mexico, and Mexico didn't look too good against Martinique on Sunday night. You know, only a three-two win. They were slow to start, then they got the lead, then they let their foot off the gas. So all of a sudden, they look a little bit more vulnerable. What do you? How do you think the U.S. stacks up against Mexico? on paper as of right now in this tournament based on what's on the rosters the u.s won't be favored in the in a game in the in a final but i think that u.s fans could be re- reasonably optimistic with their chances against with these two rosters especially coming off the game against martinique tonight mexico d- did have some did have some guys they've obviously had an injury in the midfield that that could affect them down down the road, but they did they mainly they mainly went with their A team tonight and, and did and gave up two goals. Now the first, what a strike on the first goal on the free kick for Martinique, but right, but dumb the, foul uh, by their center back, absolutely. And once and, and honestly, once it was three to one, I kind of tuned out and came back inside and saw that Martinique had gotten another one back. That's kind of where right. once it had gotten to three to one, as a Mexico fan, you would like to see them like we were talking about with the U.S. once. 
defense. They got control of that game. They kept pushing. They never, they never let TNT sneak back in. And Mexico kind of did on two different occasions tonight. And they had a couple chances to score even a fourth goal that they couldn't finish. And you saw Tata Martino getting really peeved. We'll, we'll talk more about Mexico as we go forward. You know, the, for the U.S., the good news is they've, they, they can go out and try to win the group. Obviously, they've clinched advancing. They should be good with, a, you know, they'd be good with a draw and goal differential. We expect them to beat Panama. But they could also get a little experimental, rotate a little bit, and maybe try a couple new guys out now that they've got things going? Or would you rather have them stick with the same lineup, build some consistency, and let Burhalter's system continue to work in? What do you think we're going to see? I wouldn't mind seeing a few of the guys in this next game get get some minutes. Get, this is kind of the last opportunity before, before it really matters. And if you lose a game, you're going home. And the other side, I expect to run into Panama again later on in this tournament in the knockout stage. Oh, Not wow. You like, you like what Panama's bringing, huh? Well, that that other group has been hard to kind of sort out. It, I'm I'm not sure. That's the one really with the intrigue left as we go into the final group game. So it's kind of up in the air as to who who's going to run into who coming out of out of those groups. I was impressed with Jamaica in the first in their first game, but then to come back to the second one and get the draw they did, I was kind of expecting them to be sitting there as the team that that second place team in our group would in the U.S.'s group would clearly be playing, but it hasn't really shaken out that way. Uh, um, and I th- I think that. Uh, I do think Jamaica will likely still end up top of that group. We'll see. Um, and and they and Panama will. I I thought I liked Jamaica after the first round of games. After the second round of games, I'm kind of leaning Panama if those two teams match up in the in the quarterfinals. Yeah, well, you kind of have sort of naturally segued into the second topic that I wanted to get into tonight. So let's go ahead and go there, which is. You see Honduras in that group C is 0-2, you know, not their strongest effort in this Gold Cup. Things can change. They can get it back. But that was a team that sort of established itself as one of the big World Cup contender, you know, qualifying contenders in the hex. Uh, you know, they made it to the last World Cup at uh, a certain team's expense. Let's talk because Canada's emerging. Honduras is sinking. Jamaica's kind of right there. Costa Rica looks okay, but not quite as great as they have been. So I want to talk about teams that might emerge as, as threats, you know, for that new third and fourth spot in the hex behind the U.S. and Mexico. I'm huge on Canada. I love, you know, this young generation of theirs that's coming up. But who, who do you like? You, ju- you mentioned Jamaica. Who, who do we think is, you know, some teams that will emerge in this next, beyond just the Gold Cup and into the qualifying for CONCACAF? I do think Costa Rica is a pretty safe in those top three when you get into the hex, just because people don't think about it like going to the road game at Mexico and Azteca when you have to play there. But playing at Costa Rica is a difficult environment. And they have, they'll always have that advantage when it gets to the hex against these teams. So I do think they're a pretty solid third, even though they haven't looked great so far in this tournament. And, and yeah, can't even fair. call them third right now. They're second, second at the moment in CONCACAF. The U.S. certainly has, is not entitled to anything at the moment. After that, like you said, I think Honduras in this tournament is kind of showing that this next generation that's coming up might not be quite as good as this last one that had that has had a, that has been that's been in the hex and, right, and qualified for the last World Cup. Even if you look, the U twenty results weren't great for them either. They took that thrashing against Norway, I believe. So it seems like there might be a spot opening up there. Trinidad and Tobago also not looking not looking great in this tournament so far. So maybe two spots there. And I, what Canada has in the attack coming up is a talented group of guys. I don't know what they have in the back. They're using, uh, you know, they're using a player that that plays in the central midfield in MLS is one of their backs on mo- in, in when they play their A team in this tournament a lot. It is a, 
So I think that's kind of the weak point for that team. Um, and we'll see. Uh, but but I, I think they can score enough goals to, to at least get themselves to the hex this time, obviously depending on how groups shake out earlier, earlier on in qualification. Right. It's just like they've got some pretty remarkable talent. I mean, they, you're, ta- you're talking about guy, they got a, two starters in the EPL, you know, a starter in League MX, a goal scorer, a starter from the Dutch League, goal scorer, a guy who's making it, you know, a young player getting ready to make the impact with Bayern Munich, Alfonso Davies. So that attack is is fierce, really. And they, they proved it, obviously. They hung seven goals on Cuba tonight. It got really out of control. And they were not as strong. They didn't show out as much as I would have liked to see against Canada, but they also, against Mexico, excuse me, but they also kind of played that cagey again, maybe looking down to where they might face them again in the knockout stage in a, in a final, a semifinal type situation, depending on how it shakes out. So. I, I don't I'll know. Give, I, I'll give a nod to our mutual friend uh, Dan, Dan, the eagle-eyed social media man, Weiner. He uh, he did tell me after that first Canada Mexico game, the Canada coach said they were they were keeping something up their sleeve for the net, for if they ran into Mexico later on. I, yeah, uh, that was that I'm was interested, obvious by their team. I'm selection. interested to see what that what that will be because I do think, like we talked about, they have all this attacking talent, but to get it on the field at the at the same time. They're going to have to come out of a shell against Mexico. And while that might be a more entertaining game, I'm not sure that's they're going to out. They're going to be able to outscore Mexico. Yeah. I mean, well, they, they didn't start uh, Jonathan Christian David, right? Who he had two goals against Martinique in the first. Correct. Game. Went with, went with they, Kyle Arena up front instead. Who, uh, yes. Like a terrible MLS reject style. Now, but, yeah. He's, he's a very bad player. He couldn't even make it with Orlando City. So that's. That says all you need to know about him. I think they they also benched our field though Canada did. So I don't know. They uh, you know, and then when when John Christian David came in, he set up a, a goal to help them sort of get one back. So and then Guardado put it away. But Canada definitely kept a few things up their sleeve against Mexico. We'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. And they almost still could have snuck sneak won the group if. Uh, if Martinique had pulled off one more goal, I guess against uh, against Mexico, but I don't know. So let's let's. Do you like? You're a little skeptical of the, of the defense, but I'm really skeptical of Jamaica. I have not been impressed with Jamaica so far in this Gold Cup, even as they sit, you know, atop of Group C on goal difference. Well, they got the first. Yeah. They got the first result against Honduras, and like we, like we've said, I coming into this into this tournament, I was a little skeptical of Honduras, but I did put probably a little too much stock in that first game for Jamaica. I thought that. I thought they looked what looked pretty solid in that game, and then come out in the in the last one and no no draw with El Salvador. Canada seems like the fifth to me, and then a cluster of teams that could be in the mix for that sixth spot. It's cool to see these sort of continental regional powers shifting. It's been great to watch some of the smaller countries in the Gold Cup, like Martinique, like a Curacao, uh, you know, Curacao. If you don't mind my play on words, <laughs> going into their final match with a chance to get through now with with that right. result and. Uh, Yes, it, it'll be interesting to see who, like, like I said, that's kind of the, the interesting, the interesting group going into this final set of matches was, is, is for sure that Group C with Jamaica and El Salvador and, and Curacao right. still having a chance. The other Let's say Curacao loses, you know, holds Jamaica to a draw and then Honduras playing for pride pulls a two goal win on El Salvador. Curacao advances with a draw. You know, I don't know. And I, I'm not that impressed with Jamaica. I don't put it past them to beat Jamaica. I haven't seen anything. From Jamaica. It, it seems like it seems like based on their score lines, you know how Curacao is going to come out and play. They're going to come out and defend and try to and try to play a one nil game either way. That's uh, se- seems to be what their MO is going to be. And 
based on Jamaica's last result, it's if they it seems like they could kind of get lulled into that kind of zero zero, and all of a sudden Curacao's in on a counterattack, and oh my, they've they've won the group. Even can you imagine that one? Well, that does not sound exciting or worth watching at all. But <laughs> <laughs> the end team, result teams play, two, you know, two uh, four teams playing for nil nil draws. But hey, lots of cool side storylines going on with the Gold Cup as you know as Concacaf kind of evolves and moves forward and. I love to see it. Uh, our final topic tonight, I just do want to get to real quick. And I know you have, you're sort of just getting into the, the league season yourself now, so you haven't followed it too closely in the in the early part of the spring. But Major League Soccer is back for the run up to the, the fall end of the season. And this seems to be the storyline of the last few seasons is the teams that are thought to be contenders early on and then kind of fall back and fall below low in the standings and then go on a, a run. And we've seen it. From Seattle, last couple of years, we've seen it from a couple of New York Red Bulls a couple times, and I think it's happening this year with Portland Timbers. They dismantled Houston last night in their second, finally got their first league home win at the newly remodeled Providence Park, and they just look really good. They got Brian Fernandez clicking on all cylinders. Diego Valeri looks amazing, and I know you did get a chance to watch some of that game. So tell, give me your thoughts on Portland Houston from last night. Well, I just think the big thing on Portland coming out with the slow start was the I think it was 12 straight road games to start the year for that team. Yeah, just an insane what, road trip. Yeah. While they while they got some things done with their stadium, I believe. Um, yeah, so, they were expanding. So, they basically added uh, like 5,000 extra seats. Or, in that so I definitely I, yeah, I definitely expect them to, to make a run here in the second half. I think I would, the, the stretch where they really get a lot of home games or they get, I think it's 10 straight home games in, in August and September 11 of the last 12 of the season or something. Not a bad run out, yeah. So that would be. Uh, I would. I would look for them to come rising up the standings for, for sure out out west. It's. Uh, they, they definitely put one on Houston, like we we mentioned. Uh, Honduras during the Gold Cup stuff. The Houston's main striker on duty with that with, with that team. So Houston may be a little down right now, and, and Portland ha- has a little bit of an advantage during this stretch, while other teams have lost some of their better players to, to national team duty with Valeri and and Fernandez, as you mentioned, both still out there. Yeah, Fernandez, he he's killing it in the league. He's he's scored in every single game since he came to Portland still. And it was kind of – I was I, I, but he hadn't gotten his goal yet last night when Portland uh, won a penalty. And I was kind of – you know, Valeri always takes the PKs, but he was 0 for 2 on PKs this year. So I kind of thought to myself, wait, what if uh, – what if uh, maybe Fernandez might take it? Who knows? Uh, but Valeri stepped up, buried it, and then – it wasn't much longer after that that a brilliant, you know, pass from Valeri to Fernandez set up a nice goal. So Fernandez got his goal. They just, like I said, they seem to be clicking. They got a goal from their a guy. They got a guy for a goal from a guy making his league debut, Marvin Loria. Uh, speaking of co- young Costa Rican talent, he's a guy that they brought in making his debut, uh, and then they had another guy in central midfield who's a youngster that they just recently signed, uh, Renzo. So uh, I don't. I think he played a couple times before, but. Yeah, you know, Blanco suspended, no big deal. Portland looks good. And they entered yesterday in last place in the West. They jumped Colorado with the win uh, in points. But that also is a little bit deceiving because they have two or three games in hand on most of the teams. So if you give them the two wins, they're right there in playoff position. And I think it's as we you know look at their, their schedule coming up ahead, I don't see anything too much to fear. Although they do have a pretty interesting showdown with – 
Dallas at home in two in two games from now, exactly one week from tonight as we record this. I think they'll handle Montreal in the midweek just just fine, but the showdown with Dallas could be pretty nice who won 3-0 against Toronto last night too, incidentally. Right. Dallas Dallas another team that needs to that needs to get some things going here in the second half. Toronto just seems like there it's gonna be a lost season for them. Yeah, Toronto obviously missing missing uh, missing a few guys and yeah, absolutely. Not they not even just two, on the bench. Yeah, like they, they for some reason they started with the clown car last night. Yeah. So yeah, it's a um, it'll be an interesting second half for sure. Portland, and I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that I think that Houston team that they beat down last night is who's holding down the the last spot currently in the playoff field. If they if they were to start today. Um, so it, it certainly seems like Portland might be the better of those two teams, and, and you might see that correct itself here in the second half. Yeah, Houston actually uh, in fifth, even after losing last night. So Houston's not bad, and they were missing, obviously, their two guys who were out losing, you know, make, embarrassing their nation of Honduras in the Gold Cup. So with Honduras blowing it, you know, it's Houston could get Elise and Kyoto back a little bit earlier than they expected, which probably not the worst thing for them as they want to, you know, they got a few games in hand, too, so they could make a run. Right now, the two L.A. teams have been dominating the top of the standings. They pretty much have all season. But don't sleep on Houston and Portland with those games that they can make up. They could get right back in that mix. Dallas has been pretty good, although they've played the max. Obviously, no one's, LAFC is threatening to run away with it. They, they could open up a 10-point lead here, and they're in the West within a few couple games after we get back from the break. So MLS is back. I'm excited. We've been focusing so much on international soccer this last uh, couple weeks on this podcast, but we started as an MLS pod. We'll always have love for MLS, and I can't wait to get back into the nitty-gritty of MLS in the coming weeks. Uh, Cliff, so you better start watching some games so you can come back on the pod and uh, continue to give some uh Great talk, great opinions. Uh, pretty cool that you know we always talk soccer a lot when we hang out. So good to finally do it on microphones, man. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And give, I, I'll take a little more credit than I'm being given here. If, the, if there's been a showdown contest for it, I've, I've been watching it in the first <laughs> half of the season. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, which is a lot of LAFC and who hasn't played in three weeks for some reason. I don't know. I don't know how MLS schedules eight eight match days without an LAFC game. That's the number one team in the league. Everybody wants to see them. It, it'll be a fun second half. They'll, they'll they'll be getting back out next weekend. I think their first game is against Colorado, so that should be a nice, comfy one for them to get back out and score some goals as we get rolling towards the second half in the playoffs. Cool, and we will be talking about it. We're going to focus on the playoff race and the MVP race and the teams that are dominating down the stretch. Cliff, I will have you back on this podcast again very soon. It's been great chatting with you. Look forward to it. Thank you. There goes-